The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Found financial food for thought. My name is Mark Donnelly, and Carrie Waddell has the long holiday weekend off. What, what's that, Eric? Eric, sound engineer extraordinaire. What holiday? No, not Father's Day. We have to, we have to wish everybody a happy Father's Day weekend. No, of course I'm talking about the Juneteenth holiday falling this weekend. And the, the thing is, I, I didn't get the memo that the state planning team was celebrating Juneteenth. So I will be at work today. We tap the show on Friday and Monday. So hopefully Carrie's enjoying the week and a long weekend. So welcome to the super somber summer of 22. Do you feel that your financial life is way out of hand? Are you looking for somebody to show you the way? Somebody to, to make some sense of the crazy economic times. You know, you, you probably a lot of listeners never had to deal with the type of financial conditions that we're having today. These are 40 year record numbers. And a lot of our baby boomer listeners weren't paying the bills 40 years ago. Um, so they, you know, are not, they don't, may even know what's coming. So let's hear the president of the United States. Jobs and companies are coming home again. We're making buy American a reality, not just a slogan. I award no contracts from the federal government because they can prove they bought it in America. He's talking in front of the AFL-CIO this week. Republicans like to portray me as some kind of big spender. Okay. Yeah, I spent a lot of money. Let's compare the facts. Under my predecessor, the deficit exploded, rising every single year. And all the benefit going to the top 1%, basically. Under my plan, last year, we cut the deficit by $350 billion. Okay, he's going into that whisper mode, and this is a broken record, President Biden, and I, I don't know if everybody believes it. Or, well, it he's making a true statement that the deficit is lower this year than last year, but when you explode the deficit because of the pandemic, you know, with the trillions of dollars that was that was helicopter money, well, yeah, so if you if you cut that this year, you, you pat yourself on the back? That doesn't really hold water. Doing all this. You know how they talk about Biden wants to spend more on schools and all this? Guess what? He's going to create a deficit. Ladies and gentlemen, this year, by the end of the fiscal year, we will have cut the federal deficit by another $1.6 trillion. He sounds like he's going into the Dr. Evil mode now, right? $1.6 trillion. And 
again, he just, you're saying the same thing over and over again, that did, nobody expected that the U.S. would print money forever like they did during the Rona shutdown. Yet, so 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 now you're taking, you're, you're saying, well, because you're not printing the same amount of money that you're doing, a, the, the economy is, everything's fine and no one has anything to worry about with the economy? In one year, one year, so when they come to you and talk about big spenders, let them know. Almost $2 trillion in deficit reduction. I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. Wow, that's one Hugh Hewitt. I don't know how many times he played it this week. If he played it once, he played it 100 times. And that is a soundbite for the for the record books. Uh, well, now, he was waiting for the applause there, and there, he did get some applause on that comment. And I think he let the applause go for he either fell asleep or let the applause go for a while because he doesn't get a lot of applause these days. And because of the fact this year we're delivering the biggest drop in deficit in the history of the United States of America. Look, the point is this. Under my plan for the economy, we made extraordinary progress and put America in a position to tackle a worldwide problem that's worse everywhere but here, inflation. It's sapping the strength of a lot of families. What did he just say? So, so this is why sometimes I think it's hard to listen to President Biden for an extended period of time because I'm not sure what he just said. You know, And, and even... The closed caption robot is having a hard time translating the president words. So the, the closed caption thought he said it has happened the strength of a lot of families. But I think what he says, it's sapping the strength of a lot of families, whatever that means. I grew up in a household not far from here, Claymont and Wilmington, where the price of a gallon of gasoline went up was a conversation at dinner table. It mattered. It mattered to my working family. Now, well, hold on a second. So, I'm not sure what time period he's referring to. He, he refers to a time period when he was growing up. So, I'm assuming he's thinking, you know, you know, maybe when he was a teenager. W- would that make sense? So, President Biden was born in 1942. So, he would have been a teenager in those impressionist years in the the 50s. Well, I don't think really rising gas prices at the pumps was a big, big problem in the 50s. Uh, And and, and if he's talking about, it was, you know, rising gas prices was a big problem in the late 70s, early 80s. But by that time, President Biden would have been in his late 30s. I I think he had grown up by then. So I don't think he's referring to that time. I I don't don't know. It mattered the price of food went up. Okay, maybe we should talk about food. Republicans in Congress are doing everything they can to stop my plans to bring down costs on ordinary families. That's why my plan is not finished and why the results aren't finished either. Jobs are back, but prices are still too high. COVID is down, but gas prices are up. Our work isn't done. But here's the deal. America still has a choice to make. A choice between a government... By the few, for the few, our government for all of us, democracy for all of us, an economy where all of us have a fair shot and a chance to earn our place in the economy. My plan is simple. First, I'm doing everything in my power to blunt Putin's gas price hike. Just since he invaded Ukraine, it's gone up a dollar seventy-four gallon. Because of nothing else but that. So I have a plan to bring down the cost. Well, we'd all love to hear it. We'd all love to see it. But let the world coordinate the largest release, what I've been able to do. What did he just say? Okay. Okay, the the closed caption robot thinks he just said, what the world win the largest release with what I will do. 
I'm not sure. The largest release. Oh, largest release. Of oil and oh, he's a strategic fund in history. A million barrels a day. And he's... 240 million barrels to boost global supply by convinced other nations to join us. To keep prices from rising, keep prices from rising even more. And I'm working closely with our European partners to get 20 million tons of grain locked in Ukraine out onto the market. He's kind of losing steam here now, like an old, you know, puffing Billy locomotive. Um, I can't, I, you know, and that's what I'm saying. It, 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 I don't know. Do you believe him? I'm, I'm convinced that in order to be a successful central banker or politician, you have to lie successfully or become good at lying so that people believe you. Because the other big news that we got this week was from Fed Chair Paul, who who raised interest rates. Well, not only him, the Federal Reserve, you know, raised interest rates 75 basis points when the world was looking for 50. Well, they, we didn't know. And that's what we thought they were going to do. So we'll talk about that. And one of the things they updated were the new dot plots. That's, that's the idea of saying not only what they are doing right now, but their forecast of where they think the economy is going in terms of GDP and inflation and interest rates and all those key economic elements and whether or not they can successfully land a soft landing or is that past them. So we'll talk about that today as well. So again, you're listening to Mark Donnelly and this is Financial Food for Thought. And it's brought to you by the Estate Planning Team Incorporated. And we're an Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm. And we've been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. Um, if you'd like more information about our firm, you can uh, call, always call us. Our home line, home phone number is 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or you can visit our website. Our website is financialfoodforthought.com, same as the name of our radio show, Financial Food for Thought. So just go to financialfoodforthought.com, and on there, there you'll have uh, there's financial articles, there's financial tool calculators. Um, you can also link to our radio show podcast. So the radio station keeps a good bank of our previous shows. And you can always go in and, and listen at any time that's appropriate for you. All you need is a smartphone or a computer. And you can go to financialfoodforthought.com. And you can click on the podcast button. And then you can pull up any one of the previous shows that are uh, you know stored there. You can also sign up on our website for a free, no-obligation consultation. That can be done in person, or if you're still uncomfortable with that because of the Rona, um, we can do those over the phone. And there's a lot of people that we've successfully, uh, you know, got off the the couch, even if they were concerned about going out into the public. You know, we're not doing our public classes yet. Hopefully, we can get back to those soon. But that doesn't mean you should put your planning on the back burner until you think that the Rona threat is over. I don't know if the Rona threat will ever be over. Um, so, you know, how do you keep moving? And especially, I think there's a lot of, of our new clients who got going during the pandemic shutdown with us are happy they did because now they have a good detailed financial plan that that's, you know, as we go in to perhaps rougher uh, economic waters, choppy waters to say the least. So again, free consultation you can certainly are welcome to come in person or we can do those by phone and if you would like to sign up for one of those just call us at 440-239-2090 that's 440-239-2090 so with the federal reserve it appears now that the economic hurricane has shipwrecked the fed um I don't know if they're going to survive. In other words, I think Jerome Powell is like the castaway on the on the sole uh, survivor on, on Fantasy Island. Now he's residing. 
because there's a lot of people today, a lot of economists, and think that the Fed's dot plots is just not a realistic, uh, you know, forecast. It, it's too pie in the sky. It's fantasy. It's it can't you know the, the historic economic curves and history says what they're projecting that 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 relationship between growth or GDP and unemployment and a tight labor market and interest rates and what they're rising interest rates to and of course inflation and how they interplay with one another that the way the Federal Reserve has laid out the dot plots the future projections for the next three years just doesn't make economic sense um, now the you heard President Biden you know, saying, yeah, the economy's fine. Everything's fine. Um, you know, we always, you know, talk about the um, the shock headlines where there's a lot of people who don't think that the economy is fine. Um, and, you know, I could, I could read those all day. Um, inflation strikes twice for many retirees. Inflation is now rooted in the necessities of life. For, which means the Fed has little hope of lowering the cost of living without throwing millions out of work. Um, earnings are under threat. Another blow to a sagging stock market. Uh, it's going to be bumpy. Morgan Stanley CEO says there's a 50-50 shot of recession. Elon Musk said at a conference he believed that U.S. is probably already in a recession. Um, you know, Wall Street firms are split on the prospect of whether the U.S. will tumble into a recession. Um, you know, GDP shrunk last quarter. And of course, the technical definition of a recession is two consecutive negative GDP quarters. Um, so there's a lot, you know, a lot of people worried about that. So what did and the Federal Reserve dot plots? And again, I guess there's some other we, we got bad news all over, even before I get to the dot plots. Um, you know, we, we've got the the production price index, the PPI out and and that was not good news um the headline this is this is the you know how much manufacturers get for their products at their initial sale you know this so this is a step before the, the you go out and buy it at retail and the idea is you know the consumer price index we know that was was up you know over eight and a six percent handle so now but what are the manufacturers what are they paying so, um, headline number year over year, 10.8%. Yikes. Okay. Um, now that was a bit lower than the previous, you know, revised number of 10.9%, but still double digit, uh, month over month, you know, the current trend 0.8, you know, by 80 basis points, 0.80. The street, uh, you know, which was a lot higher than the previous month of 0.5, meaning that's what, that's the wrong, it's going the wrong direction. All right. Um, if you want to look at the core, you know, backing out food and energy, um, the year over year, 8.3%, um, the previous 8.8. So, okay. Um, but again, month over month, 0.5, which was, uh, the worse than the previous 0.4. Um, the uh, the price of goods is what surprised raised a lot of eyebrows for the economists because th- that was you know that accounts for about two thirds of the total PPI and that was up one point four percent in May alone. Okay, so you extrapolate that over twelve months that that's a shocking number. Um, so you know it, it's it, you have that then the retail sales came out this week. And for May, and that was weaker than expected. So that was not good news. And so all this was happening. All of this led into the Federal Reserve, which they've always said is they're going to be data dependent, and that means up data up until the hour before they they uh, have their uh, news conference. And they did. They 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 raised the seventy five basis points. Now a lot of people thought they would do the seventy five basis points. They did. But if we look at um, you know, where they're, um, you know, where they're projecting in the future. So, so this is part of the modeling. So a lot of things, what we do at the estate planning team is we model out and we say, okay, you, you know, you always have to know where you're at today, right? Of course, that's important. Your current net worth, 
a balance sheet approach, you know, your assets today, less your liabilities, but also what's the future? You know, now that leads into more of a projection of things that, um, again, it, it could be from an income standpoint, we're projecting how much more income. In other words, if you're still working, but thinking about retiring in the next, you know, few years, you know, how, you know, you're modeling and how much more additional income is coming in before you retire. If you're already retired, you may know what your fixed retirement income is. That could be any pensions or Social Security or annuities that you've turned on the contractual guaranteed income. And then and and then it's also the big one is expenses, you know, and how much expenses you know you're going to bill and, and the, what and, and what are those? How is inflation going to affect those expenses. And that's what we're talking to a lot of our clients right now about. And that's why we look at, well, what does the Federal Reserve say that those things are going for it? So if if you look at the, now the Federal Reserve's preferred inflation calculator is not the CPI or the PPI, it's the PCE, the Personal Consumption Expenditures Index, right? And just to give you an idea of this, long lost voyage that the Federal Reserve Chair, Chair Powell and the rest of the central bankers have been on for the last year. You know, the, 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 the choppy water, the shipwrecks coming, right? You know, just look, I'm going to compare what they were saying last June in 2021 versus this June in 2022. All right. So for the medium, um, PCE, and we'll do headline PCE, including food and energy, because that's what most people care about. I mean, core PCE, that's a dilemma that the Federal Reserve has. You know, they like to look at core because they said their tools can can do more to affect core inflation than they can on the food and energy, because the, the food and energy has, has global you know, aspect to it. So how much can the U.S. central banks do for a global, um, you know, Fed Chair Powell, you know, can't pick up the phone and call, you know, OPEC or Putin and talk to them about, you know, oil prices. Now, President Biden, well, he tried calling OPEC. They didn't pick up his phone. Now he's planning a trip over there. We'll see what he can do. Um, but so that's why a lot of times they talk about core because they're saying though that's what their tools can work on. But yet, Core inflation doesn't fill up your gas tank, right? You know, that's the problem. Um, so, but let's look at headline PCE. So last year, last June, they were projecting that for 2022, that the PCE inflation would be running at a 2.1%. <laughs> All right. This June, they raised that a little bit. In fact, they raised it to 5.2%. All right. So they, in one year, they've gone from a projected, you know, for 2022, for they thought 2022's inflation would be 2.1. Now they're saying, well, actually, by the end of the year, it'll probably be closer to 5.2. That is, you know, they're way off course. Right. Um, all right. Now, what about GDP? Okay, so last June, the median projection for GDP, okay, for 2022 was going to be 3.3%. All right, still pretty strong, pretty robust. All right, so, so in other words, last June 2021, the Federal Reserve was projecting that 2022 GDP would be running at about 3.3%. All right. They've changed that now. So now this June, now they've got six months done and projected for the rest of the year. They're saying, well, no, actually GDP for 2022 is going to be the medium estimate now is 1.7%, almost cut in half. Now we're now you can see why so many people think that a recession is right around the corner or as Elon Musk believes, we're already in one. All right. Um, all right. How about the unemployment rate? Because remember, the other big concern is the stagflation, right? Which is, you know, not only uh, high inflation, but slowing growth or stagnant growth. 
as well as high unemployment. That's the three-legged stool of stagflation. So, so what were the projections for unemployment? So last June in 2021, the Fed was projecting that 2022's unemployment was going to be 3.8%. Okay. Now, currently, they're thinking it's going to be about 37 all right, so not not so they haven't really changed their tune too much on unemployment, but the 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 eye what, what we're keeping our eye on is what they're projecting the future unemployment to be. All right, um, so last June, okay, they were projecting that the 2023 unemployment would be 3.5 percent. Okay, down from the 2022 projection of 3.8. That trend is what's changed now in June of 2022. So now they're saying that, yeah, in 2022, unemployment rate by the end of the year, 3.7. Then for 2023, 3.9 going up. And then in 2024, 4.1. All right, so you can see that what they're saying is that inflation is going to be around for longer, higher than what they were thinking even 12 months ago, maybe even 12 days ago, but also slower growth and higher unemployment. And a lot of people believe that is a recipe for recession. So with all this news that's out there, what do you believe or who do you believe? Or do you ask your neighbor what they believe? Do you ask your coworker what they believe? Do you ask your parents or do you just have to figure this out yourself? And that's what we try to help our clients at the state planning team using economic models that try to project perhaps a worst case scenario. And, are you starting to believe that it could be some bad economic times? Are you starting to see that? You know, we could talk about the 60-40 allocation in terms of your investments, right? And that's not looking too good this year. I think at the latest, it's, I don't know, it was down 18, 19%. I mean, the S&P alone S&P 500 is probably down, you know, 23%. Not, I don't know what it's doing today yet. I'm on, on the radio. Um, bonds, but the other, the, but the, the, the safe haven of the bonds, which makes up the 40%, it, you know, the U.S. aggregate bond index is probably down double digit year to date. So you have that combination that your, your old standard 60-40 portfolio that, that was good to get an eight and a quarter percent annualized return for the last 10 years, all right, could be down 18 to 20 percent right now. Did you model that in to your projection? Do, does that matter? Even if you didn't sell, uh, you know, are you saying that are you how quickly is that going to come back? Or if you, you know, do you have enough of cash reserve so you don't have to sell low if you don't have to, because you can rely on your cash reserve. These are all things that we've been talking to our clients about for the 35 years we've been helping them build custom plans, especially retirement plans, the idea that what you can do to protect you and your family from the next economic hurricane. All right. Um, now, so we can talk about that, you, you know, that, that, you know, university of that school up north, you know, they, they came out with a survey and they're saying the consumer sentiment in June sank to the lowest it's been since 1980 recession. So uh, the U.S. confidence, that's that self-fulfilling prophecy, right? People don't feel as confident anymore. Um, the Washington Post and George Mason universities uh, found that most Americans expect inflation to worsen and are adjusting their spending habits, a mindset that can make the surge in prices even worse. Um, so that's the idea. So, so how can we use this as an example of what you need to be doing now? 
We also got some, you know, the ECB, <laughs> it was interesting this week, they had to have an emergency meeting, right, to deal with the the worsening economic times. Um, and th- they said, yeah, they 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 needed to, to come up with a, a, a new tool that, that, that helps them deal with the crisis. Well, that's kind of what I propose to the listeners. Do you need an emergency meeting with your financial planner? Do you need a crisis tool that, that that leaves you in a position to know whether this economic hurricane is going to completely side, you know, derail your retirement plan, or are you still going to be okay? Do you, or if it, what adjustments would you need to make to be okay? And the estate planning team, we have that tool. We call it building your plan R. And we always, if you listen to the show for any length of time, you know, we're always talking about your plan R, meaning that your plan A is your base case scenario, what you what you think the conditions are, or your, it's not maybe the best case scenario, but what you think the most likely case scenario, but just for fun, you'll build a plan R. Now, sometimes we, we use the R to stand for a recession or a recovery plan or a resuscitation plan, or in the 2020, it was the Rona plan for the Rona uh, hit, then lockdown, shutdown. Now, so that plan R is where you tell the robot to add in some worse economic conditions. And depending on how negative or how conservative you want to go there. So how would you do that in terms of building in an inflation factor into your financial model? Well, if we stay with the Federal Reserve's dot plots, we could say, okay, because when they issue, when they make public their dot plots, they give you the ranges that all the, the central bankers, the, by the committee, we call it, where they came out. They're, they're not always on, and you know, there's a consensus, but th- that, that they publish out, but they give the, the median, you know, range, they give the low or they give the high, you know, that, that types of things. So, so, and a lot of our clients think that, yes, Mark, I believe that inflation is going to be entrenched for a, a number of years. Maybe not forever. All right. But at least, Currently, now this is where I'm not a big on the Monte Carlo analysis that that doesn't really give you in a position to go in and specifically say what inflation. It just kind of says, oh well, over the last forty years, you know, inflation gonna be this or that, and you've got an eight three three, you got an eight three percent chance of your plan working. That doesn't leave our clients in decision making mode. But sometimes when we actually build them a worst case scenario, that now leaves them in a decision making mode. So how would you, so if you were saying, yeah, Mark, I think inflation is going to be higher for the next few years. All right. Well, what does the Fed say? So, so let's go back to 2022. Um, and it's not too late to start building a plan for 2022. We're half, you know, years half gone. <laughs> Don't look now. Um, but it's, it's still time. All right. Well, so the range for 2022. So on the low inflation range, it's about 4.8%. Now, a lot of people think that's, you know, the fantasy island, right? Um, on the high, you know, if, if, if you're on the economic hurricane, you know, plan, it's 6.2. And believe me, your, your plan is completely different if we run ongoing inflation at 6.2 versus 4.8. But again, a lot of people don't think it's going to be that high, even the 4.8 forever, but it could be that for a while. If you want to go in the medium, okay, again, the median right now call for 2022 inflation, 5.2%. Um, how about for 2023? So now we're thinking that it's going to scale down, that at some point in 2022, inflation is going to peak. All right. So the, the fantasy island rate for 2023 is 2.3%. The economic hurricane CP, uh, PCE would be 4%. Okay. And then if you still want to stay in the medium, maybe 2.6%. All right. How about for 2024? Okay, so the low Fantasy Island projection is 2.0. So the, there's still a lot of people on the Federal Reserve Committee who believes that they can get back down to 2% inflation by 2024. That's uh, where a lot of other people think is Fantasy Island. 
All right. Um, now, how about the economic hurricane, the high range, 3.0? All right. And then the medium would be about 2.2. Now, the other thing, too, is that they're outgoing. What, what we, so obviously, the Federal Reserve has drastically increased their inflation forecast this June compared to last June. All right. Um, but what yet I still have not seen them do is drift away from their target, long range target of 2%. Um, now we had never used only a 2% inflation factor when we were building clients' plans because we never had any clients who believed inflation was only 2%, even though there's those statistics out there. Um, now, that's why a lot of our clients were always ahead of plan, you know, for the last 25 years, because even though we were using three to three and a half, maybe for certain expenses, such as health insurance premiums or perhaps college expenses, if they, that was still in their for in their future, we were maybe using 5%, four to 5%. But in reality, inflation wasn't that high, so in effect, they're ahead of a plan every year, and that makes them feel good. But that now may be reversing, because if we were using 3% to 5% in their long-range plan before this you know, run-up inflation, if we don't modify that, that may be not high enough, and they may find themselves short. So if you're ongoing, it's what you want to use. So it's not only saying what this entrenched higher inflation is going to be. It's also perhaps ongoing what you think it's going to be. And what do our, what's most of our clients using right now? What I would say that whether they think it's going to be back to normal in 2025 or 2026, um, again, they're going back to inflation on daily living expenses, maybe three to three and a half percent. And then on health insurance, maybe five to five and a half percent. So that's what we've been helping Cleveland families do for over 35 years is when we have to batten down the hatches because we see choppy waters coming ahead of us. We try to say, all right, you can sit at home on the couch and complain and just get and get frozen in fear with all the shock lines risks that are out there. Or you can be more proactive and say, okay, do I need to be worried about this economic hurricane that's coming? I, you know, you can't control what the Federal Reserve does. You can't control what the politicians do, whether you believe them or not. And I know a lot of people, I've got comments when they say, Mark, you sound so harsh when you say that a good politician or a good central banker has to learn how to lie. Well, I'm sorry. Welcome to the cruel summer of 2022. You know, and it's just not ours. It's across, you know, the ECB, it's the Bank of Japan. They're they're all, you know, and again, part of their, they have to kind of keep that confidence up and they have to, you know, in animal spirits. Um, but as reality sinks in, that's the, sometimes the problems um, overweigh the optimism. So you can call us for a free consultation and we can help you and, and, and come in. You can see how we build those plans. We could do some preliminary planning work if you give us some information up front. Um, it's a free consultation, no obligations. Remember, we're not investment advisors. We do not tell you what stocks or bonds or mutual funds to buy. That's not what we do. Um, we are really financial planners. We build these models to help you get in a decision-making mode. And our phone number is 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or you can visit our website, financialfoodforthought.com. It's one string of letters, financialfoodforthought.com. You can find, uh, we've got articles on there. You, we, you can link into our radio show podcast. It has a good library stored of those. Or you can sign up for a free consultation. And again, we can do those in person or by phone, whatever you're comfortable with. And we, uh, if you call and leave a message over the weekend or sign up on the website for a free consultation, someone will get back hold with you on Monday. So what is, what's another example of how you could build a plan R? 
Well, there's been a lot of talk about Social Security and the solvency of it and perhaps ways to shore up financially Social Security. And we talked about that in the last, I don't know if it was last week, the week before. And sure enough, senators, you know, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, they've got a new proposal out and they call it the Social Security Expansion Act. And what they're saying is this, this, their bill calls for an increase in benefits to the tune of, you know, $2,400 a year. Well, that's good news, right? Um, now, how are they going to pay for it? Well, they're back to one of the solutions that I believe has, w- 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 that they are eventually going to implement, and that's by raising the wage cap. You know, currently your first hundred and forty-seven thousand dollars of income is taxed for Social Security purposes, um, and what they want to do is raise that cap, especially for very wealthy individuals. Um, now, their act they call for um, the, so, the they call it the Social Security Expansion Act is seeking to raise that wage cap and apply it to incomes above two hundred fifty thousand. Okay. It also wants to raise the Social Security tax rate that applies to the wealthy. You know, that's the 6.2% that you pay. Your employer plays that as well. If you're self-employed, you pay the, you know, 12, 4, but yet you get to deduct half of it on your Schedule C. All right. Um, now, um, the aforementioned bill would have the wealthy pay more through a 12.4% tax on investment in business income. So somehow they want to, they, it looks like what they want to do is a lot of self-employed people, you only pay payroll tax on the wages, the W-2 that you're paying yourself. And if you're getting you know, other business income, you know, generating you cash flow from the revenues of the business, that escapes the Social Security tax. So it looks like they want to try to close that loophole. Um now, a lot of people think um, that the, you know that they don't have enough votes. Now, could the Democrats get that done in a budget reconciliation plan with the 50 votes before they lose that majority? Perhaps. A lot of people think they'll lose that majority in November. Um, we'll see if, if that has any legs to it. Now, Lindsey Graham, you know, the Republican, from a senator from South Carolina, he had an interesting comment after he saw the Sanders um, Warren bill or proposal. He said, let's do something like Ted Kennedy would do. Get Republican and Democrats to find a way like the gang of six, the Simpson Bowles plan. For example, um, Senator Sanders brings your social security plan to the floor. So he's saying, Senator Sanders, bring your social security plan to the floor. Let's take a vote on it. See if we've got the 50 votes to, to pass this. Um, you know, this is uh, Lindsey Graham saying all it does is raise taxes. He, you know, his says to really to get out of this mess, people like me are going to have to take a little less and pay a little bit more in. We're going to have to adjust the age one more time, like Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill and Tip O'Neill did. Um, there is a bipartisan way forward. You just, you, you know, you describe problems, but your answer is always the government. It's always socialism. So, so Lindsey Graham kind of was all over the board with that comment, but I think what he's saying is at least perhaps that, yes, we need a bipartisan solution um, to this uh, threat of the solvency of, of social security. Now, but in the meantime, if yours, let's say you are in the camp that believes that the Congress won't get a bipartisan plan together, they'll continue to kick the can down the road until it's too late. And then we get to 2035 and there's a 20% cut in your benefits. So we do have some clients who want to make that part of their plan R, part of their you know crisis plan. And we can certainly do that. Now, just to give you an idea, so this is a client we had, and there was a couple, they were both age 63, and they were planning on starting their Social Security at their full retirement age, which was 67. Now, um, so he he brought in his Social Security benefit statement, and it was projecting that his Social Security income at age 67 
would be $2,891, or about $34,692 a year. All right. Now, his wife, who didn't really, you know, wasn't going to have her own Social Security, would be getting the spousal benefit, or one half of that amount, about 17000 So their combined Social Security income, his and half spousal, beginning in a few years at age 67, was going to be $52,038. Now, of course, his 2,891 is is higher than the average. They, you know, they still say the average Social Security benefit right now is about 1,658. But most of the clients that are coming to see the state planning team, we see higher projections than that. And that has a lot to do about your 35 years of your highest wages and the average of that. All right, so so if we build his plan A, all right, and we say, okay, 52,000 Social Security starting in 2026, and they wanted their plan lasting, their the time span was out to age 95, you know, about 33 years into the future. So we said, okay, so, and then we, we have to make an assumption about what the cost of living increase would be on Social Security. So again, we aren't, we're on the more conservative side. We're not on the fantasy island side. We're on the conservative. So, you know, a 10 year annualized right now, Social Security COLE is about, you know, 1.8, 1.9%. We used 1.8. So let's assume that their 52,000 starting at age 67 grows by 1.8% a year. All right. And then, by the way, by the time they're 95, if they're both living at that point, it's $85,755. Now, the cumulative amount over those years, this is what you, you know, how you start getting your arms around. This is what it's hard to do this math in your head. That's why I need the robots to kind of say, well, what, how do we get a long range projection to help us make a decision now? All right, so the cumulative amount over those years is, and this is surprising a lot of people. This is why we always say, if, if you've never seen a professional Social Security analyzer analyze, you know, what your benefits would be, if you're just blowing it off and saying, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, it's not that important, because you always hear the stories as you can't live on Social Security alone, that may be true, but it's also, I think, too big of a number to ignore. So in this case... That 52000 growing at 1.8% a year, cumulative through their age 95, the total, $1.9 million, almost $2 million, $1,958,910. That's why you can't just ignore it and blow this off and why you can't just blow off that Social Security election. You know, again, you know, whether you take it at full retirement age, 62 or 70 or somewhere in between, right? But... He says, now now the clients are saying maybe that's too rosy right now, so I want to cut that back. So let's say in 2035, there's a 20% cut. So now we're under the plan A in 2035, his projected Social Security benefit with the inflation we build in would be 61000 With a 20% cut, that takes it down to about 48881 That's a big cut. And now that four, and then we'll assume that four forty eight thousand is growing at 1.8% ongoing. Okay, so now the cumulative over the years drops from 1.9 million to 1.6 million, 1,667,831. It's about a $291,000 drop. Now, that means they've got a, does that mean they have to cut out their budget, their future discretionary spending by 291,000? Does it mean that plan A, maybe plan A was never running out anyways, and they can absorb that hit or maybe somewhere in between. All right. Now, um, what happens if you think the cut will be even deeper? What about a 25% cut? Because some of our clients are still thinking it's going to be worse than a 20% cut. Well, if you want to go that far and on the conservative, now that cumulative would be about million five ninety five or about three hundred and sixty three thousand, almost three hundred and sixty four thousand less than your plan A. Now that may be a material amount enough that means, okay, does that mean can I still afford my lifestyle or do I need to make adjustments to make sure I'm in the ballpark? It's not time to make a change. All right, we got a few minutes just left. So if that's just an example of how we may model in a plan R or a crisis tool, 
or emergency meeting that helps you get your arms around the economic hurricane if you think that's what's in your future. So, in the few minutes I've got left, I want to wish everybody a happy Father's Day weekend. I think this is one of the quintessential Father's Day songs. The good Cat Stevens classic. And if you're looking for what to get dad for Father's Day. Well, I think you can skip the ties because nobody is wearing ties anymore, right? But also, I think you can skip the, you know, great, you know, world's greatest dad coffee mug. I think that we got enough of those. What can you get? And say, well, how about his favorite brown liquid? That's always a good choice. Now, if you don't know what that is, okay, what else can you do? Well, how about a hobby gift? And because dads need hobbies, especially retired dads. And we always warn our clients who are going into retirement. We ask, well, do you have any hobbies? And we worry about the ones who say they don't. Versus the ones that say, yeah, I do. And I want to spend more money. Okay, we can work with that. Uh, More concerned about the ones who have no hobbies. And they're just going to be bored in retirement. But anyways, so now a hobby. Now, here's the problem, though, if you're looking for a hobby gift for dad. All right. You can't buy him. The, the thing that you think he needs for his hobby. And I don't care what his hobby is. Maybe it's golfing. Maybe it's gardening. Maybe it's reading. Whatever. Maybe it's, you know, whatever. Woodworking. Whatever. Because if you try to pick out a tool or a kit or something like that or golf balls or a golf club, all right, you're going to either, because if it's something he really already wanted, he's already got in his hobby bag, his hobby. Okay. So as opposed to that, you might want to get a gift certificate to that particular hobby store. Now you can say, well, Mark, that's a little bit impersonal. Well, maybe, maybe not. It, it, it's, it, it's, if you know what his hobby is, then you, if you don't know what your dad's hobby is, maybe that's impersonal. Think about that. Uh, but the, uh, now if you can always never go wrong with, you could get a, blank, you know, a, 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 you know, a Maison gift card so he can get anything and he wants in his hobby on a gift. But, you know, if it's a gardening, maybe it's the local gardening store. You know, you get the point. And, and, and the other thing, too, is dad's hobbies can change over the decades. So what you remember your dad liking to do 10 years ago or 20 years ago might not what he's into today. And if you don't know what your dad is into today... You can try to hint. Maybe mom can give you a heads up or what have you. So there's a couple ideas. We'll keep talking about the economic hurricane and the somber summer of 22. Uh, and everybody, you know, have a good Father's Day weekend. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.